this place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't, that, uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so excuse my language. All right, here's what I do know, is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right, and the city's been been down and it found a way to get up. All right, it's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right, and so this team's going to be built on. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right, and, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right, and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap. And we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're the going to be the last one standing. All right, that's going to be the mentality. Man, I've got certain information. All right, certain things have come to light, and you know. Has it ever occurred to you that uh, instead of, uh, you know, running around uh, uh, blaming me, you know, given the nature of all this new shit, you know, it, it, this could be a, a, a lot more uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Chicago fan, Furious George, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat, Man of the Michigan hat, what is going on today? Now let's cover the highly effective and very important skill called conscious adult choking. Now in this scenario, we have someone who was eating at a table. They began to choke. We know they were choking because they could not cough. They could not breathe. They could not speak. This is a full obstruction and it needs help if it's going to come out in most cases. What are if you it's doing? easy to activate the emergency Shh. response team or I'm trying to concentrate. great. But if not, on, you can wait until on a the CPR video. Yeah, I need to get recertified. Why? <sighs> there was a lot of choking going around up in Green Bay, mainly from Aaron Rodgers, honestly. And if I ever travel up to that godforsaken hellhole, I want to know how to save people. Okay, I guess that checks out. Yep. <laughs> Well, before we get into Rogers choking, I just want everyone to know this is an episode filled with a lot of conversation and passion, uh, and we just don't have time to do segments because there's so much for us to talk about. We're going to put the GOAT debate to rest. We're going to talk about basically an entirely new Lions uh, coaching staff. We're going to talk about Bears coaching hire. 
We have Notre Dame football on probation. Hawks wings, Michigan sports are on hiatus due to COVID. There's a ton of news to get to. Uh, so it's all discussion from here on out, starting with our vent sesh. Well, as you said, it's time to put this debate to bed. It's time to lay it to rest permanently. We've had this discussion over the past few weeks, and it's the great goat debate. That debate yeah. is now over. Yeah, and, and honestly, by the way, yeah, yeah. So like, this is very obviously, it, you listeners, you know us well at this point. This is, we have this as our shared event sesh, and mm-hmm. it's. I don't even know how much of it is event. I just, it's the first thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's partly still some frustration. It's partly some smug satisfaction. It's more so just something that needs to be addressed. And now that's the time to do it. Um, (laughs) So this debate is over, and it was over before the NFC Championship game even happened. I mean, we would both agree about that. Um, But Packers fans, you pretended all week that Rodgers beating Brady in this game would have some huge impact on the debate, which it wouldn't have. Which, by the way... The impact they were suggesting was not just like some small incremental impact, but it was suggested almost like Rodgers beating Brady would declare Rodgers as the GOAT. Which I'm so glad we don't have to defend against that now. Um, Me too. But thank you, Rodgers. You went out in a game that ultimately wouldn't have mattered, but you went out and took that fat L anyway just to make sure this conversation doesn't need to happen. Uh, so I appreciate you for that, Rogers. Um, we share a lot of opinions, me and you both, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the point of a podcast. It's a very opinion-based. But let's set those opinions aside for a second, and we're going to list some facts. I'm down. Hit me with your facts, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first fact. Aaron Rodgers is now 0 for 38 when he's trailing... Career stats mm-hmm. when trailing a team with a winning record by one point or more in the fourth quarter. So that's a lot of numbers, and it might sound like it's a super cherry picked stat. Uh, you had said like a baseball stat. It, sa- it kind of says that sound. Like, it, it, fe- it feels like one of those stats that they're like <laughs> in September. <laughs> you know, John, when, <laughs> yeah, you know, John yeah. Lester when facing a switch hitter in the right. first <laughs> inning and with two outs and runners on second and third <laughs> in the rain. Is yeah. <laughs> he throws a exactly. you know 0.4 ERA? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but no, this is I this is an important stat I think because it's a super big sample size, 0 for 38, and it's yep. really not that complicated. He's 0 for 38 when he's losing in the fourth quarter to good teams is basically what that stat means. Any team with a winning That's record, crazy. If you have a winning record and you're beating Rodgers by any margin in the fourth quarter, you beat him. Is what that stat says. 0 for 38. Dude, I didn't even – so I've read these notes, like, earlier before we recorded. Mm-hmm. When I first re- – I didn't even realize this until now, but for some reason I read it. I don't, this shows you how stupid I am. But for some reason I thought it was, like, when trailing by only one point. No, by more one point or more. So, trailing yeah, so at any all. margin, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Which, Damn. yeah, if, it's, if the stat said, when trailing by 17 or more in the fourth quarter, like, okay – when he's at all behind. Um, next stat, Tom Brady, at 43 years old, went to a team who hadn't won a playoff game in 18 years 
and in his first season won as many NFC championships as Rodgers has won in his entire 15-year career. Fact. Yes. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, hold on. I just also want to say, so, okay, I, I'm still just kind of dumbfounded by this Rodgers 0 for 38 thing. Like, Yeah, it's crazy. Like, okay, obviously trailing a winning team is going to be challenging because they're mm-hmm. win- they're winning therefore they're a, they are a good team. Yep. But if Rodgers was as goat worthy as people make him sound, like I would understand if there would be more losses than wins just because right. if you're trailing a good team that's mm-hmm. hard to overcome. Like oh, if it's be- 38 games, if somebody was like he's 15 for 23, you know, like it's like yeah. okay, I mean Sure, you'd like to win more, but that's even not like crazy. Ten, even like ten and twenty-eight, yeah, like, or even even five and thirty-three, like it'd be understandable. It wouldn't mm-hmm. look good, but it'd be understandable. But to be over, this just feels like at some point you should accidentally win. Like, even think about this: when you're winning by when he's losing by a point or more in the fourth quarter, that means if his team gets the ball, it's like first and goal, and it's the end of the third quarter, down two points. He's not winning those games. Like, at some point, you just accidentally, you know, like, it's technically, now it's the fourth quarter, you're down, but you're right on the goal line, you go in and get a quick touchdown, and then you control the rest of the game. Like, That's it insane. feels almost impossible that it wouldn't have happened by now, but, or yeah. if, Or just a field goal. Especially for somebody who's known as Captain Clutch, you know, like, game-winning drives. Like, there's this perception that he's clutch at the end of games, which he has some good comebacks, Hail Marys. But when you think about it, who were those team? Who were those against? His famous Motown miracle, a bad Lions team. You know, like, when, when it well, comes he, to he trailing those, to... He claps those grizzly bear cheeks, but yeah. the, the Bears have had one good season yeah okay the bears have had i would say three good seasons since rogers has been mm-hmm. a, a regular starting quarterback and so it's not surprising that he has clapped the bears cheeks as much as he has and the lions um, and honestly the vikings have only had a couple since he's been you know. yeah um yeah crazy uh, also, you said how Brady has the same amount of NFC championships as Rodgers. There's the stat going around that Rodgers has the same amount NFC championship wins as Rex Grossman. Yeah. Uh, there's also the stat going around that Tom Brady um, this year has – this isn't Aaron Rodgers related, but this year in this current run to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Tom Brady in one postseason has surpassed – the all-time NFC playoff wins by Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't seen that one. Yep. Because so, I know he – I saw the stat that says, like, he has as many as Brees and as Rodgers, you know? But I hadn't seen that about – wow. Yeah, he's the same amount of NFC championships as Rodgers and Brees. Right. But Which you makes think, sense because it's just one, Bre- you know, like – Yeah, Brees had the one Super Bowl run, wow. and that was it. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, the, I'm not going to be super hard on Breeze because I don't see a lot of people arguing he's the GOAT. Like, he's a good quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. Probably Saints fans, but... 
Yeah, but I just don't see enough of it. Like, there's more people nationally. Yeah. yeah, there's more people nationally arguing for Rodgers. And I wouldn't be that hard on Rodgers if people weren't arguing he's the goat. I still wouldn't like him because he's a rival quarterback. But I wouldn't yeah. be slamming him like this and making these crazy comparisons and numbers. Like, yeah, they you did this to him, <laughs> Packers fans and Rodgers. Also, also, yeah, Packers fans. Like, I hate to generalize, but many of them are very arrogant. And what frustrates me is that obviously most of the Packers fans I interact with are my contemporaries, mm-hmm. and my whole life has been Favre and Rodgers, and so has theirs, therefore, and yeah. they haven't known a bad team. like they, They're they going to. <laughs> the Jordan Love era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. Um, so what's your next stat for me? So, obviously, we're Lions and Bears fans on this show, so this next one kind of hurts. I love the Lions. Yeah, they're a great team. (laughs) This one hurts to say because it slams us both, but it just, I mean, it's a crazy number. Tom Brady's had to do his 10th Super Bowl, right, which is an insane number, and it's also more Super Bowl appearances than the entire history of the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, the Jaguars, Texans, Jets, Saints, Cardinals, Titans, Chargers, and Bengals combined so i was trying to think about this here so i know the bears have been to two and i know the saints have been to at least one um lions the, zero the Jets Texans were in zero one. i think the browns zero Cardinals zero so i mean no, obviously it's no no oh you're right the kurt warner had one, yeah yeah, the yeah. One. yeah and the titans were in one so i mean obviously it's kind of a Crazy, like a cherry picked stat because one, two, there's a lot of three. teams with zero or one, but it still is insane. This is what like a third of the league almost, or more than that. One, two, three. well, and one, two, it, it eleven be, teams. This is more than a third of the league. And I understand, like, it seems a little cheap to include, like, yeah, like the Jaguars or the right. Texans or the Chargers because those are all like more recent teams. Um, but the Cardinals are the oldest team yep. in the league in the entire league. The Jets have and the Jets and the Titans, who were the Oilers, um, have been and the Bengals even were have been around pretty much since the beginning of the Super Bowl era. Mm-hmm. The Bears and Lions have obviously been around since before the Super Bowl era. Yep. I don't know how long the Saints have been around. Um, so yeah, there's certain teams like again the Jaguars and the Texans. Are, it's like yeah, it's a little cheap, and the mm-hmm. Chargers. But I mean, come on. It's it's not so much to point out, like the stat isn't so much crazy because these teams haven't been to that many Super Bowls. That part's not as hard as to believe as the fact that he's been to ten. You know, I know. Like this know. just draws attention to that. But honestly, all I could had to say is he's been to ten Super Bowls, and that just by I wonder, itself is insane. I would love to know how many Super Bowls the Steelers franchise has been to, hmm. because they've won six. That's a good question. And I'd be curious they lost to know to the Packers. Right. I'm sure they've had other Super Bowl losses. Right. So it'd be interesting to find out if Brady has been to as many as the Steelers. Because I feel Jeez. like most people would equate the Steelers with like the Steelers or the Cowboys or the 49ers as like the elite Super Bowl teams other than the Patriots. And mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting to see where 10 Steelers have played in eight Super Bowls winning six of them. <laughs> Wow. So he's out Super Bowled the Steelers. The Steelers. <laughs> All time. Dang. It's crazy. Like, it is. Wow. 
I'd say so. There's if the, he's out Super Bowl the Steelers. There's probably only like two teams that have been to more Super Bowls than him. Maybe, maybe like who? All right. So go, so search the Niners and search the Cowboys. Like the Packers, you think of, but really, Favre was one and one in Super Bowl, so he went to two. Rodgers has been to one. That's three. They had the two Super Bowls back to back at the beginning of the era, so it's five. I don't think they've been to any other than those, though. Maybe one other. Hmm. So no other's team has won more Super Bowls than the Steelers. Um, the Niners have been seven times, so he's out Super Bowled them. Cowboys. I just thought of an interesting stat. What's that? Wait, hold on. I got to think about this. Do you want to know the team he has not out Super Bowl? What's that? The Patriots. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> because there's not two the Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's two Super Bowls the Patriots were in before the Brady era. That's funny. So if he makes it next year, he'll match the Patriots all-time Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's uh, Dallas Cowboys made the playoffs 33 times, five Super Bowls. Really, I thought, but that's just the- championships. I don't know how many appearances. Uh, let me oh. see. Probably more than more than is actually. It probably feels like more than what is the truth because Cowboys fans are that annoying. Yeah, right. Uh, it's really hard to find for the Cowboys for some reason. Because the fans are embarrassed, so they hide the information. <laughs> <Bury> it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been 25 years since they last went to one. Right. Oh, man. I don't know. Well, while, while the man of Michigan hat is looking for this, some other stats that we have written down here are that Brady's 10th Super Bowl appearance will also be the first time in NFL history that the Super Bowl is hosted in one of the team's own stadiums. Crazy. <laughs> it The last time it was this close was a few years ago when it was the Saints and the Eagles in the NFC Championship. Or not the Saints, the, the Vikings and the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. The Eagles go up to Minnesota and beat the Vikings in, <laughs> at in Minnesota to go to the... Uh, do you remember this? Uh yeah yeah I do and so th- I remember there was a whole thing about like Vi- the Vikings that everyone was talking about how awesome it'll be to play at home then they have an opportunity to win the NFC Championship at home and stay at home for the Super Bowl they lose to the Eagles and like very early in the next week they were already erasing Vikings stuff and replacing with Eagles stuff in the building <laughs> wow That's awesome so it's eight for the Cowboys okay and it's like. Yeah, it's less than that for the Packers because it's showing champion total championships, but that's before the Super Bowl era. So I think he's out Super Bowl every team except the Patriots. Why is that not being talked about more? I'm surprised I haven't seen that stat out there. That's crazy. Like that's more impressive to me than the more Super Bowls than all those teams combined. You know? Oh he's yeah, because those he's are out all Super Bowl every team, but his own. You know? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. 
I, I actually think it's really funny that he the only team he hasn't out Super Bowl <laughs> is the Patriots. <laughs> know, <right? laughs> because the Patriots lost to the Bears and the yep. Packers both before, before Brady era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well he if he plays for a couple more years and makes Super Bowls with Tampa, he'll pass <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, well funny. he just has to make it I think the Patriots three more I, so Brady more. was in nine with the Patriots, right? And yeah. then they there's the eighty five one and then ninety eight. And when they both lost both of those. So I think So this one brings him one away. So you'd have to make tying, one more to tie it. Yeah. And two more to beat the Patriots. I could see it. <laughs> I mean he'll be playing for eleven more seasons, so right. odds are probably pretty good. But that's crazy. Yeah, first home uh hosting the Super Bowl. Uh, and yeah. and I just have to say I love this. We were talking about this pre-show, but I love the fact that this is a wild card team didn't have a home game the entire postseason, and now the Super Bowl is basically a home game. First time ever, the Super Bowl is a home game. Yeah, yeah. and I also love that Packers fans were all braggy about how <laughs> Packer weather and we're at Lambeau Field and nope. um and look part of the reason we're sharing these stats with all of you is to just talk about the like really the great difference there is between tom brady and aaron Rodgers. right it's partly to make fun of aaron Rodgers. let's be honest because we hate (laughs) him but it is more so i'd say at this point like let's just praise the greatness of brady and it's just cool to reflect on his career you know uh yes but also like trying to say once and for all like there is literally no argument available no. that no. you can say that Rodgers is the goat and i don't care even if you want to go the most talented route like the, which just, i've actually debated i don't even agree with that because in my mind which people say these are traits not talents which at that point you're defining the terms so strictly that you can make whatever argument you want but i'd argue leadership timing the ability to make the rest of your team better uh, like just an, an innate ability to win, situational awareness. These are all talents that Brady has that are better than Rodgers. Yep. So it's like if you want to argue talented, depending how you define it, which, again, will shape any argument, I think you could argue Brady's one of, if not the most talented quarterback ever. Well, do you know what I hate is a lot of people have been a lot of people have been saying, yeah, well, Brady chose a really good situation by going to B- the Buccaneers. Okay, fine. So you're telling me that the same Buccaneers team yep. with Jameis Winston still at quarterback wins a playoff game? I don't. Yeah, I don't think they win a playoff game. Forget, yeah, making a run. You know. Yeah. I mean, yep. obviously, last the the year before they weren't good enough, and everybody says, well, they went in and they added uh, Gronk, like yeah. as if he's some huge X factor. You know, it's and like, Leonard Fournette, who's never been good in the NFL. No, like he had <laughs> like, a fine. really good carry. And he's like yeah. a good guy to have on your in your backfield, but he's not going to be the workhorse. It's not like you got Derrick Henry, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and people are also like, oh, and the, he they got Antonio Brown, who's <laughs> hasn't been the same in like three seasons and didn't even play in this game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, it's a, a lot of a load of crap. Um, mm-hmm. but the so anyway, people are talking about people are giving Rodgers all sorts of excuses, like, oh yeah, well you know. All four of the championship games he's played in before this one were on the road, mm-hmm. so he needs to have one at home. Which, by the way, that's a lame ass ghost. A lame wow, can't ghost. speak. <laughs> yes, 
that's a lame ass goat argument to me yep. for you to be like yeah well you have to excuse him because he couldn't win on the road or he mm-hmm. won only once on the road he's the goat oh. but he can only be the goat in this very specific set of circumstances exactly <laughs> right yeah, but this year it was like he's the mvp they're 13 and 3 they have the best coach in the league they are at home for the NFC Championship Packer game. Weather. Yeah, Packer weather. It's going to be in the 20s with a chance of snow. Like, let's go Packers to the Super Bowl. Uh, pe- people were tweeting out. Players on the Packers were tweeting out. I feel like a kid on Christmas Eve. It was just like, that was Darius Smith that tweeted that out. I, I retweeted it and said. Yeah, except Santa comes in the house and burns your house down. <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. But I, I retweeted it and said. He said, I feel like a kid on Christmas Eve. And I said, and yet some kids still wake up with coal in their stocking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything so, was set up for the perfect, like the national media was hyping yep. this up as like, yeah, the the magical run. And yep. Brady just did what he did, does and, what he does, and, and put a bullet in them. Like, And by the way, if I don't know what Brady's, like, I don't know how many of the championship games that brady has played in have been at home or not but here's something Mm. to consider maybe part of the reason brady's the goat is because he's had so many that have been at home perhaps right it's an accomplishment to get it's not a a lottery like you earn the home field advantage exactly exactly like yeah like if rogers wanted to have these home field earn it yeah exactly (laughs) exactly i've yeah (laughs) It, and, yeah, you're right. Okay, and I know you have more on Tom Brady, but I just want to throw this out here before I forget. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers' only NFC Championship win came against the Bears. And yes, I know that hurts. Packers fans like to remind me. Mm-hmm. But in that game, early in the third quarter, like within the first minute or two of the third quarter, Jay Cutler goes down with an MCL hair he already had a thumb injury before that too caleb haney or no they brought in todd collins who played for like two plays then got injured so then our third string quarterback caleb haney comes in to play the rest of the game the bears were down 14 to nothing caleb haney brings them to 14 and 7 and the the packers end up winning 21 to 14 the game-winning score was a pick-six by B.J. Raji off of, a again, a third-string quarterback on a yep. team that's never been known for having a good to- quarterback. And it was – yeah, it wasn't like Rodgers <coughs> drove him down the field to win the game, you know? Rodgers had say, one touchdown in that game, and it was yep. a rushing touchdown. Yep. He had a 55% passer rating, and that was the NFC Championship game he won. And yeah, everyone wants to say Brady gets all this help. Brady's lucky. And I'm not going to take this away from Rodgers. Like, yeah, he earned his Super Bowl. But you could argue he was just as fortunate in that Super Bowl run as Brady's ever been in any one of his. So, yeah, I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for Brady. Yeah. Yeah, overcoming three interceptions, having some calls go his way. And that's I, football. Hate, I hate the argument that, oh, Brady's just lucky. To be in 10 Super Bowls? Yeah, you can argue. Like, yeah, that one was lucky. Okay, you're leaving him nine. You know, you yeah. don't luck your way into 10 Super Bowls. That's insane. Yeah. Like, if you want to, and by the way, let's talk about bad luck. Like, how about yeah. 
the 16 and 0 season when they yep. lost to the giant the 9 and 7 giants in the mm-hmm. super bowl on that crazy david tyree catch that like how did he even catch Helmet that catch yep yeah i mean they go both ways you can say well the tuck rule he sh- that sh- he shouldn't have won the super bowl that year fine well then give him the david tyree one and let him beat those giants like you can do that back and forth yeah yep. you take some away you give some that's football when you've played that many years you get some breaks you give some breaks like yeah i'm not going to take anything away from him for that i want to ask you this while we're talking about tom brady since you're or since you used to be a michigan football fan yeah um, a long time ago what has always been your position on the tuck rule being that involved brady and woodson yeah i mean honestly because they were both before my time, I don't look at either of them as like a Michigan fan, you know. Really? You don't like, look at I, them as like Michigan icons cuz I feel like I mean like I appreciate that they're from Michigan. You know, like I and I, even Woodson cuz he won a Heisman. Yeah, like I like that and it's cool to see them succeed and say, "Oh yeah, they're a Michigan player," but I don't have like an emotional connection to that, you know. Like I I don't know. Maybe it's just cuz I'm a younger fan. Um but I guess I've only known them as NFL players and I knew them as NFL players before I even became a Michigan fan, um, formerly. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, that's never, or even with Brady, like I like that he's a Michigan quarterback, but it wasn't like he was a great quarterback there. And like, is a legend at Michigan. Like he, I kind of look at it more like he happened to go to Michigan, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just like, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't look at him as a Michigan player, I guess. So, I mean, it's a cool part of history, but yeah. So, yeah. I was hoping you were going to have something interesting to say about the tuck rule. No, I mean, Oh, well, he got, I mean, (laughs) not from the lens of a Michigan fan, you know, like I could look at that and say, yeah, I don't like the call. Um, and it was, yeah, I'll admit he got lucky that that call went that way. But one lucky call doesn't mean that that whole run doesn't count is the way I look at Some it. Some people like to argue that if, if that if that call goes the other way, that you never get Tom Brady like of what he is now. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but you could probably argue that with any player. Like, yeah, if so-and-so exactly. wasn't injured, Rodgers doesn't come off the bench and he doesn't have that good game he has, and then who knows if he ever starts, you know, like – Really, if I'd say for Rodgers and Brady both, they're both good enough and talented enough, they would have made their way on the field. It's just a matter of it might not have been in that moment. Maybe he does end up with one less Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to play that hypothetical game because that's that hypothetical game is how we got in this debate because that's the only way Aaron Rodgers fans can make any argument is the hypotheticals game. You know what's not hypothetical? When I go to Google and I say, how many Super Bowls has Tom Brady been in? That's not a hypothetical. That's a number. That's a fact. Um. Okay. I another. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about this, but I think you have a couple stats left for me. A couple facts. Yeah. So this one again, just a fact. I'm not trash talking. This is just straight up facts. Aaron Rodgers was born on December second, 1983, in uh, Chico, California. Uh, this is a cool bit Nicest of trivia. Time of year. Yeah, um, yeah. just thought it'd be kind of a good way to humanize him, learn a little bit more about his background. Uh, he was born to mother, Darla Lee, and father, Tom Brady. Again, oh, uh, wow. not talking trash, just thought it'd be cool to look at That's some facts. That's a great 
yeah that's a great uh you know piece of family sports history that's like yeah that that's almost that this game was almost as iconic as ken griffey senior and ken mm-hmm. griffey jr hitting back-to-back home runs exactly it's like an archie manning peyton manning kind of thing you know tom yeah. brady aaron Rodgers. like it's a cool yep. father-son duo yeah yeah so that's cool hmm. you have one last one yeah last fact i have in a game where tom brady was called every name in the book washed up untalented lucky not the real goat he walks into lambeau field and he clapped those cheddar cheeks in front of the world not an opinion that's a fact that's right he took all that dairy and he curdled it right there oh he curdled it real good oh yeah um (laughs) yeah uh Hmm. Tom, Tom, look, Tom Brady is the goat, and I the so a lot of these facts. I'll just be like totally transparent with you. These are a lot of man, Michigan hats contributions to the notes. Mm-hmm. The next two topics are what were things I've been kind of thinking about or talking about with people on Twitter. Yep, that I wanted to cover. Um, so we mentioned. Uh, I was seeing a lot of people on Twitter. They would. They did this for both the AFC and the NFC championship games. Like they showed a picture of Brady and Rogers and they said, describe this duo in NBA terms. And Mm -hmm. they did the same for Mahomes and Josh Allen. I love this. And so I didn't look at the Mahomes and Josh Allen one. To be honest, I didn't actually even look at the Rogers and Brady one because I just expected for people all over to be posting, oh, it's Jordan and LeBron or Mm -hmm. LeBron and Kobe or Kobe and Jordan or something along those lines. Maybe a couple of like Jordan and Magic or something. But I expected it to be somewhere in in there or maybe maybe somebody who's an idiot would have done like bill russell to be tom brady and michael jordan to be <laughs> right. Aaron rogers something like that basically you're um, talking about like comparing a couple of the greatest ever you know yeah is the perception so, so you had a couple notes here what were you saying about uh the nba comps yeah so i really like this obviously it's different sports it's not the same um, but I really like this as a way to kind of get some perspective outside of just these players. Um, and it's just a fun debate. So, like you said, people treat the Brady Rogers debate like it's Jordan LeBron, but both of those guys have multiple NBA titles and NBA appearances. Uh, sorry, and NBA titles and title appearances in addition to the stats and the talent. So, we both, we've said here on the show, believe that Jordan is the GOAT, but at least that's a real debate jordan lebron like you can make arguments for each side you know i i'll be honest little update on my end like i've been paying a little i think because of this podcast i've been paying a little bit more attention to the nba than i normally do during the regular season and i don't i'm not fully to the point where i'm saying lebron is the goat Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm way more willing to accept that as reality i guess like personally, I'm at the point where I would say Jordan is, but I'd leave it open to depending on how his career ends, LeBron still has a chance to surpass him. And I'm fine with people making the argument he already has, even if I disagree. Yeah. Like it's not a ridiculous argument to make. Yep. Like I said, that's a real debate. But my note I have here is that comparing Brady and Rogers is really more like comparing Jordan and James Harden. Like they're both stars. They're both accomplished and very talented, but one chokes and the other one goats. 
Like, no comparison can even be made without disrespecting Jordan. And no comparison can be made between Rodgers and Brady without disrespecting the GOAT. Like, it's borderline blasphemous at this point. So, you raised the question, which I really like, which is then, what is the best NBA comparison? Um, So, I had mentioned Jordan and Harden. Uh, What other comparisons would you make as far as, like, who's the Aaron Rodgers of the NBA? Assuming that... Uh, Brady is Jordan. Yeah, so um, I had I I thought about this a lot like this morning, and it, I no matter how much I thought about it, I just always came back to this one player, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Maybe it was just for some reason stuck in my subconscious for some weird reason, but. Obviously, in this scenario, Brady equals, I just put Jordan slash LeBron. Whomever you hold to be the GOAT, that is who Brady equals, okay? Mm -hmm. To be honest, if if we really want to get nitpicky about this, it would be probably joe montana equals jordan brady mm-hmm. equals lebron just based because on of, appearances one percentage kind of thing you know yeah yeah um but since we're just comparing brady and rogers brady equals jordan lebron mm-hmm. rogers and this is the name that just stuck in my head but i really feel that it's a really solid comparison rogers to me is like dirk Nowitzki. mm-hmm and the reason for that is when you think about Dirk Nowitzki, he is he was great, a Hall of Fame player. He was iconic, uh, especially back when he had the long hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember having a Lego figurine of him, and he was like the only one that had like super long hair. Um, he revolutionized the big man position. Like nobody really before Dirk was a seven footer shooting threes. Um, but Dirk did that, um, and he did win a championship, um, but he also was a part of a lot of bad Mavs teams, uh, including um, a one Mavs team that did lose a championship because they were one and one against the Heat. Um, but uh, despite all of his accomplishments, and yeah, some people will say, oh yeah, well, Dirk, you know, he, he was good, but he also had Steve Nash and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, the one person who was a mainstay throughout the for the Mavs was Dirk, right? Like mm-hmm. Steve Nash eventually left and went to the Suns and stuff like that. Dirk was always there and he did win, he also lost and he is nowhere near the goat conversation. Nobody ever says Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Magic, Russell and then Abdul Jabbar and then are also like oh but don't forget Novinsky. Mm, Nobody ever says that. Mm -hmm. So I felt like Rogers is a good comparison to Novinsky because it's like he has accomplished a lot and he has changed the game, but he is not anywhere near close to what the goat is. I like that. Yeah, a couple points. Uh, Firstly, again we're making comparisons every metaphor breaks down at some point but the main thing i want to point out is we're not being disrespectful to aaron Rodgers. like like you said Nowitzki is a hall of famer revolutionized the game and is one of the like the names of basketball that will be remembered by multiple generations you know like it's not disrespectful 
it's just a different level of player, you know? Yeah. But um, again, nobody considers him the GOAT or even yeah. close to it. Exactly. Another thing that is maybe funny the to GOAT me, Mavs player, but. And yeah, maybe you'd say, yeah, as good as Favre was, Rodgers is the GOAT Packers player. Fine. Yeah. Like, but not the GOAT. Uh, another thing that is funny is for this metaphor of Jordan, LeBron, being Brady, Dirk beat the GOAT. If it's if it's LeBron, I know, I know. so if anything, Dirk gets more credit than <laughs> I know than Rogers. So actually, we're being very generous to you, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> by comparing you to Dirk. Um, yeah, and by the way, by the way, I love how people were like, "Oh yeah, well, if if Rodgers wins this game at home in Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, then that makes him the goat." Yeah. Well, he also lost to Brady earlier this year, thirty-eight to ten. Like. Did you forget about that, Packers fans? Like, yeah, and losing so that game one, doesn't count. Yeah. yeah, and losing one game to him when he's five years older than you, or when you're five years older, you know, isn't going to yeah. define a legacy. So exactly. I'm just thankful that didn't happen, so we don't have to argue that. But did you yeah. have any other NBA comps? Yeah, so I thought Allen Iverson just because he's a guy who has he has no rings, which yeah. obviously I'm going to give Rogers more credit than that. But Iverson despite his zero rings he's a big name he's marketable he revolutionized the game but i think what's a better comparison it's closer to your dirk Nowitzki. one is a guy who has one ring but played for a long time at a high level and that's kevin garnett um played on some pretty untalented timberwolves teams so there's your excuse packers fans like here's another guy who you could say would have won a lot more on a better team and you might have a point but he didn't um, he also had some injuries that held him back when he was at his prime. Uh, you could, I don't know if maybe you say if Rodgers never broke his collarbone, he wins the Super Bowl that year. I haven't heard people really argue that, but I mean, the injury history is kind of similar. So yeah, I think Garnett and Dirk are like two guys who super talented hall of fame players, but they're a lot closer to Rodgers and like Rodgers shouldn't be in the goat conversation. So yeah. It's a, it's an interesting kind of thought exercise, well, I, but yeah, I, I have one last one I, I just want to bring up okay. while we were discussing this. I thought of one other sport that just an, uh, one more uh, thing could, uh, I guess, metaphor or comparison could be helpful here. In hockey, everybody knows that Wayne Gretzky is not just the goat, but like mm-hmm. far and away the goat. Like not even close like one of the most famous um statistics is that even if you take away all of his goals scored so he (laughs) is just assists Mm -hmm. he is still has more career points than the next highest player which is Yaromir Yager so when if you consider Brady on that same level where nobody will ever catch what he has done like when you the here's the next names in terms of points on this list: Yaromir Yager, Mark Messier, Gordy Howe, Ron Francis, Marcel Dion, hmm. Steve Eiserman, Mario Lemieux, Joe Sakic, Phil Esposito. Those are the top hmm. ten. Like all of those are like Mario Lemieux. He's like I, I've heard people say like he's basically Gretzky light. He's yeah. eighth on all time points. Or like and Gordy like, Howe, he was what like fifth, and he's Mister al- Hockey, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, so again, wow. not it's not disrespecting Rogers to say he's not the goat. No, he's in the realm of these hockey players, but we're saying Brady is Gretzky. That's what we're saying. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, we're not putting Rodgers down. We're just elevating Brady. And the last thing I want to bring up in this conversation is where do you rank Patrick Mahomes already? Because this was going around on Twitter, especially with the Chiefs making the Super Bowl back-to-back years. Um, So one, where do you rank him? And two, can he catch Brady? I would say he's closer to Rodgers than Rodgers is to Brady. Um, You know, like, if it's – if say Mahomes is like – say Brady is A – Mahomes is like G and Rogers is like E, you know, like they're closer together than either of them is to Brady at this point. Um, I think that can he catch Brady? I mean, he's off to a good start, which you need to be if you're ever going to have a chance. Um, it's so hard to predict that Kansas City is going to be a dynasty. Like people are already starting to say that, but it's so hard to dominate for that long in the NFL. If I had to predict it, I would say no, which I mean should be the odd. Like if you're doing betting odds, the odds are he won't pass Brady. Um, he's off to a good start. I think he needs to win this one. Not like for the reason the Rodgers fans were saying, because this is going to cement he's better than Brady because he won the head-to-head. I think if he's going to catch Brady, he needs to win this one because it gives him his second and it stops Brady from getting his seventh. You know, like (laughs) you just can't, if you're Mahomes, you need to get your second and stop him from getting his seventh if you're going to have any chance. Um, Even if he does that, though, I would bet against it. Yeah, so it's hard. It's hard to be a, a dynasty. It just yeah. is. Uh, that's why we don't throw around that word just all the time. Like, no, it's very it, few, it, especially in the NFL. Um, so I just kind of want to walk through this conversation I had with um, Ian Glendon, who's the creator of Full Press Coverage. Uh, mm-hmm. you, some of you may know I do Full Press Bears over there. You can go check out that. Um, but he's from Boston, so he's a big Brady fan. And he just tweeted out, how much ground has Mahomes really made in this GOAT debate? And I responded, I said, he's gained ground in the sense that he's already almost second place in my mind. Hmm. A lot depends on the remainder of his career, but based on his current trajectory. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. And I said, however, catching Brady's legacy will be nigh impossible. He would need the perfect storm of eye-popping stats and regular Super Bowl appearances slash wins. Mm-hmm. Um, he sa- he responded, Ian responded and said, I think he has gained ground on everything but the top spot. Uh, I said, mm. technically, if Brady has made the Super Bowl in 10 out of 21 seasons, Mahomes has made it in two out of four seasons. He's barely ahead of pace, actually. But again, maintaining that is what will be challenging. Exactly. And, and then it's, I said, it's easier to what, do now than it will be later. You know. <laughs> yep. And I said, what I'm most curious to see is what happens when Hill and Kelsey are gone or Reed retires. Mm-hmm. Reed is no spring chicken, and with his massive contract, eventually roster turnover will happen. How he handles that will help dictate his status. I think he is talented enough to transcend those concerns, but all we can do is wait and see. And then he, Ian responded and said, yeah, I'm with you. That's part of Brady's greatness, has been able to do it with so many different players of varying degrees of skill. Like, when you consider that Brady played in 2001, that sounds so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, that's crazy. And... Yeah. Th- 
he's led that many different groups of people to Super Bowls. That is in and of itself impressive. So my stance on Mahomes is I think I think he's already I, it, it's it's way too early to say he's like actually in the goat conversation. Yeah. But I said he's arguably already number 2. Like it, with things he's done, it's already you can you can see the path to see that he could be the next best. Yeah. But bottom line for me is and this is why he is in he will be in contention his whole career for goat status is because he is right now the only person you can actually see that can that has a chance to catch Brady. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, like and it's it, the same it's same thing as LeBron, right? Like people said LeBron is the only person that has a shot to catch Jordan, right? That yep. kind of idea. Mm-hmm. So in a similar sense, Mahomes is the only one right now that is has the even a shot to catch Brady. Yep. No, that's a good point. And it's like part of me wants to say I'd put Rogers still ahead of Mahomes, but you think about well, he's had sustained success for longer, but then you can say, well, Mahomes has the same number of Super Bowls in four years, and he's a could have a good chance here to win his second one. You know, it's like I don't know. It's Rodgers has been doing it for longer, but you could also do the flip side. It's taken him longer to do what Mahomes has done in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Um, like you said, he's got a lot of work in front of him. I mean, skill wise, he should be in this conversation. I would still say like I'd put Manning ahead of him, like I'd put Montana ahead of him. Like Oh he, yeah. But I think like I, if, if he wins this Super Bowl and gets his second, I would say he leapfrogs Rogers. You could he leapfrogs Breeze. Like there's some guys who are right around him right now they he'll start to separate himself from. He'd still have some work to get onto that like Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks and a lot more work to do to get to Brady. Um so like you said, time will tell, but Winning the Super Bowl would be a good second step. Yeah. Nope. I 100% agree. Um, So with that, that's our long goat discussion. Let's move on to something that we teased with our cold open, um, which is big Lions news. Dan Campbell hired as head coach Mm -hmm. among a lot of other big coaching and front office moves. So you're our resident lions fan so why don't you kind of uh run through everything so i'm going to try to go in chronological order not just in order of what's most interesting which means the the most interesting news and the most recent news will be at the end if you're wondering why i haven't brought it up yet so starting with dan campbell and feel free to jump in at any point his intro press conference which you heard a clip of at the beginning of this episode um bizarre uh, is a word to that could describe that um kind of gimmicky you know i get what he's going for i didn't hate it i didn't love it like some people are going over the top saying like i want to run through a wall for this man like it came off as a little more silly to me but i also didn't have a problem with it like some people said this is a really bad sign like i i'm not going to go for either extreme um i do like that he i mean he's a different style of presenting himself than Patricia was, you know, like, that, yeah. And I think even that's Caldwell. probably the biggest thing to say, right? Is, like he's more transparent. Like he's just comes across more 
real, you know, for whatever that's worth. I mean, we don't know if it's going to transfer to wins, but at least it's different. Yeah, because I think one of Patricia's biggest criti- uh, criticisms was that he did a lot of that coaches speak, like Dan Campbell ref- referred to, yep. where it's just kind of like saying words that are basically meaningless. Yeah. Well, like, I got to do better. We got to execute. We got like all the cliches. You yeah. Know? Yep. Yep. So again, I, you could like what he said. You can hate what he said. Ultimately, and which I liked that he even said this in his press conference. He said, no matter what I say, it's what matters is wins. Like that you shouldn't like me or hate me because of the press conference. You know, he even alluded to that when he was talking. So um, <laughs> the whole like gnawing off kneecaps and all this stuff like it came across as just very funny to me like i it's gonna be in like at least the it's public, interesting you know let, let me tell you the public perception like nationwide yeah when he said that kind of like i think everyone's response was kind of like oh the lions hired another one like right oh man <laughs> which like because it's such a weird thing if it was on a great team, it's like basically whatever team he's on, you're going to interpret it in that lens. You know, like if you're gimmicky, like Andy Reid, I'd say is a gimmicky coach. Belichick is a gimmicky coach, but they're they're successful, so yeah. like, it's endearing. If you're weird and you lose, it's not cool. Like it's not funny. You know, like Patricia, his pencil, his pencil, his poncho. If he was one of the best coaches in football, that's cool. <laughs> But since he's not, it's not. So, I mean, we don't even. There's no way to know yet. Uh, I just like that it's it's kind of refreshing just how different it is, um, and at least he comes across as genuine. Um, but after that, just a slew of new hires, which he said as soon as he left the presser, like now I'm and, gonna get to work and get my staff, and he and did. Sorry, and yeah. sorry, real quick. Part of the reason we played Big Lebowski stuff at the beginning is because. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he refers to himself as the dude, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he looks a lot like Jeff Bridges in that movie. And, and his like voice him. is similar, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. So, I mean, it's the kind of thing, if it works, it'll be funny and, like, a personality that it's like it, it makes you love him. If it doesn't work, it's going to be something that is mocked, that makes... Yep. that very quickly becomes annoying. Like, yep. same with Patricia, the pencil thing, like... As soon as he starts to fail, if assuming he does, which is a safe bet at this point, like those things very quickly turn. <laughs> but at this point, sure, like I like that it's yeah. Unique. Like for for Nagy, that thing has been the bu on his play sheet. Yeah, like whenever he like is calling games and um, you know, people always make fun of the bu. Like mm-hmm. when he like when he's. A lot of people criticized him of asking Mitchell Trubisky to not be a running quarterback and to be a pocket passer. Right, and they're yeah. like, but Nagy, he's supposed to be you. He's supposed to be right. himself. Like, And a lot of that stuff, like if he's successful, people point to that and say, wow, look what a good culture he's building. Be yourself. Yes. You know, like so much of that's just interpreted in the lens of if you succeed or not. It <laughs> so, is, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yet to be seen. So um, he hired a bunch of guys. Yeah, so I'm going to run through this list to kind of give quick thoughts on all of them. Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator. And again, this this part won't be in order of hire because there were some guys before him, but I just have these by position. So Anthony Lynn, former Chargers head coach, 
I've been critical of him for his terrible special teams, terrible situational play, but he did have a good offense with a young quarterback. I don't want him as my head coach, but he is a very good offensive coordinator candidate that lots of teams wanted. Um, So it seems like you've got a guy there who you kind of eliminate his weaknesses and the ability he had to mess games up and just let him work out of his strength. So I like that hire. I didn't know at first just based on his name. I was like, ugh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kind of like the Marvin Lewis thing. It's like the name has a bad taste in your mouth kind of thing. Yeah. Just because of the failures he had with the Chargers. But when you look at what he's good at, I like the hire. Um, Deuce Staley, offensive assistant, running backs coach, really respected guy in the league on a form like Super Bowl staff. Like, get, Lions are getting a lot of praise for that hire nationally. Aaron Glenn is the defensive coordinator. He was a D backs coach for the Saints, so you have familiarity with Dan Campbell. Uh, another guy who's seen as an up and comer and a hot defensive coordinator candidate. Yeah, a lot of names were, a lot of teams were reported to have been pursuing. Yeah, he was linked to lots of openings. So, I mean, it looks like you got a solid – like, we don't – again, we don't know that he's going to be good, but you didn't do the typical Lions thing of getting a guy that no other team but you would have taken, you know. Um, Like, you got a guy who was actually being sought after by other teams, (laughs) which is a nice change of pace. Um, John Dorsey is going to be an advisor to – I personally think this is the biggest This one is very interesting. So – as the Kansas City GM, he's the one who kind of orchestrated the move up to take Mahomes. Then with the Browns, he drafted Baker Mayfield, which, I mean, that was kind of a sure shot. Like, he was the guy that was there. Everyone knew they would take him. But he still has drafted two successful franchise quarterbacks with different teams. Um, I might not want him as my GM, but he is undoubtedly a good talent evaluator. So, again, kind of like Anthony Lynn, you've taken a guy – and put him in a situation where he can really work out of his strengths. Um, he's going to find good players, and those players might be scumbags. You look at like Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, like those are John Dorsey specials. Like he Miles finds, Garrett, yeah, Did like he draft him. Uh, no, no, because that was the same draft as Mahomes. So never mind. Well, then he would have because he drafted. Oh, you're saying Mahomes? I get you. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he was with Baker. At, yeah. Later, so yeah. Um, I don't know. It's he's going to find talent and if that's all you're asking him to do be an advisor he can cut i mean he has tons of experience and he's a good talent evaluator in general several of the guys on the lions staff at this point are best known for being talent evaluators um it's also not like the lions have never drafted a scumbag in the past right (laughs) that's not a problem (laughs) but what we have struggled to do is find talent in later rounds like the especially the second round like with when you look at quinn and patricia like we went several years not finding anybody in the second round i mean okuda it's too soon to say he's a bust but that was a rough pick i mean we drafted tight ends in the first round three like three drafts out of 10 seasons which is insane too many yeah that's that's (laughs) two picks too many honestly like you can do that once and if you got it wrong well we better find a new way to find a tight end like yeah you know it's just very bad at evaluating talent. So John Dorsey adds to a staff that looks like it's going to be a lot better in that department. And then uh, Ray Agnew's assistant GM. He was a former player personnel director with the Rams. So just somebody who has a good relationship with the GM already. Brad Campbell, you know, or Brad. Uh, hand, yeah. hand, right? Isn't that his last? No. No, no. It's, uh, it's Dan Campbell, Brad. Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
So I mean, there's some familiarity. That's why they there. should get. That's why they should get Deshaun Watson because then you'd have Holmes and Watson. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. You don't well, want I mean, Deshaun Watson? I would take him, but I just it's not realistic, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Be it'd be nice. Trade Matt, trade Stafford for Watson. It's just one for one. Yeah, they'll do that, right? <laughs> um so yeah, uh, that's been there's just so many names to track, uh, so many unknowns at this point, but overall the the national uh kind of view on this and even the Detroit media even like the most skeptical guys like listeners if you live in detroit and you're listening to 97.1 like mike valeni and all the guys who are like very negative and critical of the team like praising these hires as far as like they're building a staff that actually is nationally respected like guys that other teams would like to have um so that's been positive and then the biggest and news may, may i may i add before yep. you get to the biggest news go for it on terms of other teams people other teams would like to have most notably the bears were in pursuit reportedly of both aaron glenn and deuce staley and now the lions have taken both of those and that's significant just in the fact that that's within the division and for a long time and even still now bears fans and i think the bears organization probably more the organization than the fans view themselves as still very very far ahead of the lions Mm -hmm. and i think what's starting to hit a lot of fans right now with the lions hires and again we don't know how it's going to work out but the fact that they're stealing potential hires away from the bears a lot of bears fans are starting to kind of feel this pressure of are we the lion are are we the lions Mm -hmm. um or like closer to contending with them than with other yeah, you know. Um, the other thing yeah. that people have been criticizing is because McCaskey and Phillips refused to comment on their contracts, mm-hmm. that is causing potentially these coaching candidates to not choose to come to Chicago because if they're unwilling to make known the future of the GM and head coach, yep. then how certain can their future be with the bears you don't want to tie yourself to a gm who you have no idea how long he's going to be there you know well yeah what if matt Nagy and ryan pace are gone after next year then what happens to me if i'm a running backs coach who just signed on to work with Nagy? you know yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah it's interesting the the bears have really set themselves up uh to not get these hires and i'll talk about a bears hire here in a little bit but go ahead to Mm -hmm. your big news yeah so all of this has kind of been capped off by the recent news that matt stafford and the lions have decided to part ways this season um stafford apparently had approached the front office and requested to be traded and this was before um before even campbell and holmes were hired so apparently they knew about this going in um and this is, yeah, it's huge news. Uh, Stafford going to be one of the bigger free agent quarterbacks that's available in this offseason. Lions are going to be without a franchise quarterback who's been by far the best player on their team ever since uh, Calvin Johnson left. It hasn't even been close. Um, so this is obviously huge for the future of the Lions. It's been basically my entire lifetime as a fan that the one position on the team that was guaranteed we knew who was going to be there next year we knew we could count on them was Stafford um 
and so yeah it's going to be interesting it's it's what needs to happen it's honestly it's the best move for both sides at this point if you're a team that is going to be rebuilding new head coach new gm completely new staff tons of needs all over the field especially on defense you need to trade stafford while he still has some value um people are drawing comparisons to like the way Calvin Johnson left and Barry Sanders left. And yeah, it's not a good look. Now the best quarterback you've ever had is leaving, but it's in a different way. Like you're actually going to get something for him. He's not walking off in the middle of the night, retiring on the field. You know, it's not one of those kind of situations. So this is a good move to make, give you some back, some draft capital. This team was absolutely destroyed by Quinn and Patricia specifically Quinn the way he constructed this roster there are needs all over the field we really only have like two or three guys on defense who are legit starters um it's going to take us several years to rebuild this thing and um so yeah we need to find the future quarterback of the Lions and that makes this offseason and this upcoming draft a whole lot more interesting um so what are your thoughts on yeah the Stafford move as far as like what that means for the Lions which like is that good for them long term do you think that that's a, a mistake where do you think Stafford ends up like what were your initial thoughts when you heard the news yeah it I can see why it's hard for Lions fans I was giving you a hard time on <laughs> yeah. social media posting you know like a farewell tweet and stuff. oh yeah and... we, should, we could talk about that too that's interesting yeah like well but before yeah. before we do that, I just if I'm look the Bears at least in my lifetime, the closest we can say we've had of a quarterback to Stafford's level is Jake Cutler, mm-hmm. and I certainly was not disappointed when Cutler's time with the Bears was over. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, as if I were a Lions fan looking at this and being like, wow, like this is the end of the best quarterback we've ever had. Um, like that's something you really need to take in and appreciate. Um, and so for that reason, yeah, it would be hard to let go, but, um, he's been now here with a couple different coaching staffs and now with an entirely new front office as well. It definitely feels like, yeah, it's probably a good, move to kind of rehaul everything um and one of the biggest things you have to do in all of sports when you're doing a rehaul or a rebuild is you look at who is your most valuable asset and you try to trade them while their stock is still high and stafford who i believe is 32 Mm -hmm. um he's still at that part part in his in terms of his age where he still uh probably has a year or two left of like prime Matt Stafford football as well as some more years on the back end that would still be good football but not great um right. and so he's a I think the Lions can get quite a bit for him especially because um, like you look at obviously Watson would be a better quarterback to get at because of his age and his upside but based on value Stafford has a couple years left on his deal he's a lot cheaper and you can probably get him for like a first this year and maybe like a second next year as opposed to three number one picks you know so Stafford's gonna obviously have tons of teams who are looking for a quarterback but aren't looking to mortgage their entire future to get Watson so and as far as like so so here's the thing I think it was the right move 
I think it yeah, it's gonna be hard for a lot of Lions fans to swallow. Um if you know what I mean. because if anything, Stafford gave Lions fans I guess probably a, a a sense of hope every year that they could be competitive. Yeah. Because they had a good quarterback. Um so with that being said, where do I think Stafford will go? I don't see him going anywhere but the Colts, to be honest with you. It doesn't and seem like I, that's inevitable, yeah. I'm really frustrated by it just because, you, yeah. listeners, you know that we're both not very – I wouldn't say I hate the Colts, but I'm really not eh. a fan. Um, a lot of My it's because of – on hate, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of it for me is just because of uh, – to be honest, I have more reason to hate the Colts than you because the Colts beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. Right. That's but uh, a lot of it's just because of interactions we've had with different Colts fans in Indiana. Um, I've had positive interactions with some, but there's been some that have like stood out to me as like, oh man. Yeah. Um, and in any case, uh, <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter today who's a Colts fan who was like, he said something like, Man, I just want to – he just said, um, man, I'm just sick of being a team that's always looking for uh, the next quarterback. And <laughs> I responded and I said, welcome to my entire life. <laughs> Imagine being a Colts fan who's had Manning and then Luck immediately after that and saying, oh, I and just then Rivers and right, then Stafford. I want to be someone who's not always looking for a quarterback. You've been looking for a quarterback for like three seasons in your entire life. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Manning, Luck, Rivers – and I mean, in between, you had Brissett for, like, one season. Like, calm yeah. down. <laughs> but then Rivers, and then I really think Sta- – I mean, look, if if Stafford doesn't go there, the only other place that I think really makes sense is San Francisco. I could make yep. an argument for Washington. Yeah, that's um, the kind of the wild card I've heard a little bit. I don't know how their cap situation works, but just as far as, like, teams that just need a quarterback to be real contenders. Yeah. The only other, I like, I could see Miami, but a lot of reports that Miami's trying to go all in for Watson or whatever, yeah. uh, which is dumb because what it's still unclear even if Watson's truly available. Um, but to me, I would put, I would put Indy, San Fran, Washington, prize my top three for Stafford. Mm-hmm. I could see Miami, um, and then here's the wild card. I know you said it's hard; it would be hard to believe. I do think that, especially with a new GM and everything, I do think the Lions could actively go after Watson. And w- I'm sure how, they'll call, but I don't, yeah. I mean, okay, but like when you consider how badly Bears fans are wanting him, the Lions have so much more to offer than them. The Lions have, just in Stafford alone, in my opinion, have more to offer than the Jets, and he's been rumored to the Jets by a lot of people. In terms of also quarterback talent alone, the Lions have more to offer than the Dolphins. Like the Dolphins have more picks available, yep. but the Lion Stafford gives the Lions that much leverage that the Texans could agree to that. And if yeah. you're looking at it from Watson's perspective, yeah, maybe Detroit's not the nicest place, not nicest area to live, especially in the winter. But you play in a dome, so mm-hmm. as far as like playing in bad weather, that's not a concern for you. 
Um, and yeah. you get out of the AFC, which is increasingly becoming a very hard conference to play in. It's tough because there's people in Detroit, like writers and ho- radio show hosts and stuff, who are seriously pitching this. And I, I agree with you that it's not impossible. Like I think that if the Lions really wanted to, they could tr- be in the conversation to make that happen. And it's not that I wouldn't want Watson. Like I'm not not saying he wouldn't be a huge step up and I will like be a- so mad at you if the Lions get Watson you're like eh. Eh. and I I'm stuck with like Fitzpatrick right. as my quarterback <laughs> Minshew magic yeah, yeah I know no it's I part of me it would almost be more excited to see us instead just get more draft picks and just see what the new yeah. front office does with more picks you know because if we're really rebuilding and you really have faith in your guys which at this point i am until proven otherwise going to put faith in the staff we have then you have to believe that if they're really that good they can do more with the draft picks than they could well pooling all those to get one player you know and that's the other thing if you can acquire a first round draft pick for stafford even if right. it's just one well, guess what? Basically, use that free first-round draft pick, trade that to somebody to help move you up. move up. And, you and then can... you're really – not that I've been a huge fan of his, but then you – Justin Fields is a very real possibility, you know? Dude, I mean, you're not going to move to number one, I don't think, but maybe you, you could. could. I, yeah. I don't I don't see why you – again, I think the – and here's again the thing, like you were saying, is different between Stafford leaving than Johnson and Sanders yep. is – Stafford still gives you value and his value is so great that I do think it could be the piece that helps leverage a trade with the Texans for Watson or that leverages a trade to Jacksonville for the number one spot. Because here's the thing that will always exist in sports arguments. Stafford is a proven entity for as Mm -hmm. much as of a sure hit people are saying Lawrence is going to be right. We still don't know. Stafford is proven. If Jacksonville looks at this and is like, man, we like we've never had somebody that we know is going to be a like a successful quarterback with us. Like they may look at Stafford and be like, well, we are going to take our chances with him because we know at least what we're going to expect from him. Right. Compared to and I mean. Jacksonville doesn't have an, a horrible – like, they have some pieces with James Robinson at running back, Chark at uh, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and, and also, I mean, where is where are the Lions picking currently? Seventh. Yeah, so if the Jag, – let's say the Jaguars flop, uh, flipped number one picks with – or, yeah, flipped first-round picks with you. Uh, and, of course, you'd have to give up more than that, too. So, like, first-round picks, Stafford and – probably something else too mm-hmm. well if i'm jacksonville number seven you know who's probably available around then is Devonte smith yep. like you could probably get the top wide receiver in the draft and have stafford yeah to equip your yeah and if you've got yeah say you've got urban meyer and he's like hey i don't know how long i'm gonna do this but i've got a couple years let's make a run for it that's your best chance short term i don't know it is interesting i mean there's possibilities to do like honestly like those are exciting possibilities i'd be super excited if we stay at seven we end up with either trey lance who i really like or um zach wilson a lot of bears fans are hoping for trey lance that he'll fall he has so much upside 
I was today watching highlights of him on YouTube, yep. which is such a classic. It's funny because now I'm one of those people who needs a quarterback, and I'm like, oh, let me do the whole tradition of looking up people's highlights on YouTube, convince myself they're going to lead us to a Super Bowl. But, yeah, was like Trey Lance or um, Zach Wilson at seven, and then if we trade to the Colts and get 21 or whatever – use that to get a linebacker or something like yeah, immediately we've got a couple guys who could be anchors on the team in the future like that's exciting really we're in a position where unless you just do something insanely stupid i'm going to be excited to see whatever you do in the off season. yeah and again on staff and we're spending a long time on this folks because this is one of our teams and it is a really big story yeah um and it's fun to speculate on where quarterbacks will end up. Right. Um, but, again, looking at, like, realistic draft, you know, just what you would get back in a trade. I don't know all of what the Lions are hoping to get. Obviously, they're either either they're hoping to get something big or they're hoping to get a lot of uh, picks. Um, but if, like, let's say the Lions are, are super high on Trey Lance and want to draft him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's say they come at it with this approach that has been popular lately in the NFL, which is let's not start him right away. Let's give him a year to like adjust to the league and then start him the next year, right? right. Yep. Well, then the Lions are going to need a quarterback placeholder mm-hmm. and a team. Joe Flacco. <laughs> like a guy like that, like a veteran you bring in for two well, years or something. Well, the team I was thinking of, is again the Niners. They've been talking about them yeah. moving Jimmy Garoppolo. True. Um, I would. I could totally see you trade Stafford. You get Garoppolo and a few First. picks of some sort. Yeah. And you have Garoppolo now as your placeholder starter, mm-hmm. and he's not an awful quarterback. He's right. like a slightly above average, probably. And then if um, he ends up having really good seasons, he's a good trade piece in three years. You know. Yeah. Probably to the Bears because the Bears can be like, oh, he's from Chicago. It's a homecoming story because right. the Bears are stupid. <laughs> Speaking of the Bears, yep. Um, the Bears hired Sean Desai as the new defensive coordinator. He's an internal hire. Mm-hmm. He was the safeties coach for the Bears um, this past year or two. Um, he's been with the team since 2013. He came in as a quality control coach, which I don't even know what that means. Um <laughs> I love it when there's quality <laughs> control coaches. Like, so yeah. they try to make sure the quality is good. Right. Like, is that like food or, testing or? Yeah. yeah right. Or are they trying to make sure players have control that is quality? Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. <laughs> like, what Con- does that mean? Are you controlling quality or is it control that is quality? Right. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Or maybe it's both. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but anyway, sounds important. He, he, I have, I was really excited about this, but there's been some things that have I have kind of a mixed bag of emotions on this. Yeah. So the reasons I was excited was because he's a very very bright individual, and he is a Vic Fangio disciple, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And Vic, he was like one of the only coaches Vic Fangio requested the bears to allow him to bring with him to denver and he was the one person the bears prevented from fangio taking yeah um so i was like okay this is a good thing 
okay? Mm-hmm. But he has extremely limited football experience. His only football experience is from 13 on. So you have less yeah. than a decade of football experience. Um, his he, he has a PhD, but it's in education. So it's like not really related to it's in quality. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that, though. Yeah. So huh. there's there's some things there. There's been some things around the league about people saying this feels like a this feels almost like a cop out in some ways. It feels a little bit like, yeah, this is Nagy and Pace's last year. If things don't turn around. Like we're not going to spend big on a big D.C. Mm-hmm. name. We're just going to go with him because, yeah. again, the the Bears were uh, rumored to go after Aaron Glenn. Uh, the Bears were rumored like there's been people talking about oh maybe they should go after Wade Phillips because he said he was going to come back into the DC game. I heard that. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Sean Desai is the DC. I I'm not going to be disappointed about it because like I haven't seen anything he he's done. Um, but ho- just hope for the best. Uh, I know the players love him, which is a, always a good thing for sure. Yeah, it is tough because like anytime you have an internal hire, it kind of has that sense of was this like a plan B? You know, like we couldn't yeah. get anybody we wanted, so let's just promote this guy, see what we got with him. But at the same time, if they've identified like he knows the culture there, and if they've identified that he's an up and coming guy, then it's good to get him before maybe in a year or two he's identified as the next guy who's on the move. Uh, a big name somewhere else so really it's like i've seen people who feel very strongly that this is a great move and very strongly this is a bad move really it's just an unknown at this point obviously and so really it's just you gotta wait and see i'm excited about it just because it is something new it's just new right and yeah you don't know what'll come and i mean come on like i know they looked bad at times this year but the bears have so much talent and money invested on that defense and the like, secondary was good so i mean he's the safetiest coach eddie jackson like obviously it's eddie jackson to... did not play well this year but no but like he's a he's been coached well over the years you know so it's yeah. like it's i mean it's not as simple as saying well that's a good position group so the guy who coaches it must be good for a promotion like there's a lot more that goes into it but i mean he has coached his position well um yeah. yeah yeah and i mean with that much talent i mean how bad can he really do right um if, if they yeah. if they just tank then you know that yeah he's not he's not it mm-hmm. um but uh with that that's been a very long discussion on football yeah. um we have some other sports topics we do want to discuss um but we uh yeah so a lot about football let's go ahead and transition into the rest of our conversation here um Starting with, I actually want to. I actually want to start with this. Uh, you have it at the bottom of our notes, but mm-hmm. some baseball news. There's been some yep. breaking developments lately. I have some updates on the Cubs. Um, so first, the updates on the Cubs. John Lester. Uh, it was already known that he was not coming back, but he is now signed with the Nationals, mm-hmm. uh, a one-year deal for five million, which is incredibly um, a reasonable deal. And a lot of Bears fan, or Cubs fans are very upset about the fact that it was such a cheap, reasonable deal and the Cubs could not get one done after John Lester came to you specifically and said, I want to come back this year, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, man, it sucks, dude. It feels like the Cubs 
are criminally pinching pennies. And the thing that's sad is that if this was pointed out to me on Twitter, the Nationals and the Cubs both were in competitive, similar competitive windows, and both were starting to come to a close at a similar time. And right now, the Nationals have decided, in a year where everybody is taking a hit financially because of COVID, the Cubs are deciding to pinch pennies. The Nationals are deciding to spend big and take another swing at this. Yep. And it it's frustrating to me because maybe long-term this is the better decision. Maybe you're able to get some benefits out of being bad again for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you you have to take advantage of the talent you have on your team while you have it. And part of me wishes that I guess what I'm the Nationals have shown that it's very possible to retool your roster um and to be competitive mm-hmm. and the Cubs are just not doing that and it's a yeah. little frustrating with that. Um so that's my little bit of Cubs news. Um I don't have no idea if there's any Tigers news of any sort. Nope. Um <laughs> No news is good news, I guess. Um Maybe. Yeah. But uh, the other thing with the Cubs is there's this is insane to me. Um, it's almost certain this won't happen. But there's a rumor out there that the Cubs had talked to the Blue Jays about trading both Chris Bryant and Kyle Hendricks <laughs> to the Blue Jays, which would be nuts. Um, the other MLB breaking news I wanted to get to is uh, there was a letter submitted to Rob Manfred in the league from the Cactus League in yeah. Glendale area or what I, I can't Maricopa County Arizona which is where basically all of the spring training teams uh, play mm-hmm. and I had, did not have a chance to actually read the specifics of this letter but I didn't either from my understanding basically the letter was um, signed by like the mayor or something and basically asking can we please delay spring training um, until we have COVID a little more under control and the argument for it was for business purposes like you know are we see great business boom in our area when spring training is here which makes sense yep. um can you please push it back so that way we can have all of the fans in attendance and things like that right um of course the great irony with this is that maricopa county in that area was one of the like last states to implement covid protocol arizona, because yeah. Yeah, Arizona and Florida were like the two stubborn states. Yep. Um, and so it's a little bit of uh, it's it feels like a little bit of karma in Can a way. Can you please provide some relief to our Miami beaches where they've been really <laughs> affected by a coronavirus? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um. So, but anyway, that it does affect baseball. And what's fascinating about that is that obviously you have the Grapefruit League and mm-hmm. the Cactus League. Um. So. As of now, all those teams would be able to still go to Florida, but teams like the Cubs and I know the White Sox are the Tigers in Arizona. Or are they in Florida? They're in Florida, great for you. So, so the Cubs and the White Sox, I know at least they're going to be. They would have to find somewhere else to go. Yeah. Um. So I don't huh. know what that it's looks like. I don't know what will happen with that, but that's the latest. Huh. Uh. And then the last note you added. Um. Is this official? That's what. I- I don't know if you had heard of this or not. I don't know if they've had like their collective bargaining vote or anything. Um, let me look and see if I can find it. But it's been reported. Uh, let me see. I think this 
I think this has long been a rumor that this is, is the case, but I don't know okay, if this so is the, official. Uh, the MLBPA rejected. Uh, let me see. Okay, so basically, um, yeah, the Players Association has turned down the MLB's latest proposal to have a universal DH and expanded postseason field. Um, so kind this of this is the MLBPA that rejected this. The PA rejected this, which was That's very strange stupid. to me because, because I thought it'd be more the other way, right? Like, yeah, the PA. You'd think. Okay, so my thought is. Expanded playoff means more opportunities for the players to make more money through incentives, uh, being on TV, exposure, like obviously more chances to win. So I assumed players would like that. And universal DH means more jobs for players like aging hitters in the NL who can't still play the field well. Or specialists. specialists. And more safety for your pitchers. So I don't know why the PA would vote against something that very clearly seems to help the players, but I don't know if what it's... What is the source on that that you saw? Sports Illustrated. Huh. But it was a and day this ago. this is recent? A day yeah, one, ago? one day ago. That does seem strange to so me. So this just seemed weird, because it seemed to me like this was the kind of situation, like, once this is out, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Like, you've already got guys who have been NLDHs at this point, so you're just going to tell me their job's gone at this next there season? Has to be, like, there has to be something else that's in the fine print that is right. causing they don't them like to reject all the this. extras that come along with that or something I don't know. because one reason I've, I've seen people in support of the expanded playoffs is because it would um it would help promote competitiveness in the league and mm-hmm. limit tanking because if 16 teams which is what it was last year 16 teams can make yeah. the playoffs if the marlins can make the playoffs and make a run right um then very few teams aren't in position to try you know exactly exactly and so i would limit tanking it would kind of fix yeah. tanking um whether you like that or not and for the yep. people that didn't like it let me tell you something you know you want to know what the world series matchup was the two number one seeds facing off against each other right it's not so, like it drastically affected who wasn't you know it yeah. just if you're a smaller market team who's not that good, it just gives you a chance to have something to look forward to potentially. You know, That's I like really both. I just was surprised. So again, we don't have a ton of information as far as the fine print, what else went along with that, when it's up for like reproposal. Like just kind of throwing that out there because it was a recent news story, um, and it's something we'll keep an eye on. But just an interesting just, piece of baseball I, news. I just can't believe it. That's really strange to me. Yeah, it's weird. All right, uh, some other news um, just for the Bulls. The Bulls keep on looking better, and they're entertaining to watch. They're like around um, 500 right now, right? They're a few games under. Uh, okay. They've had a really tough schedule, so it's yeah fairly impressive. They beat the Mavs twice, which is decent, um, but they got destroyed by the Lakers uh, yeah, a few days that. ago. Um they, the final score they only lost by like 11 points but they were down by like 35 at one point like it was not good um but even in that there's still there were still positive things to take away from it which is such an improvement from last year last year with Jim Boylan every time they lost it was just an embarrassment so huh. that's my bulls update anything on the pistons 
pissed. I know Killian Hayes has been injured. Yeah, he got hurt, which doesn't help because again, this isn't a year we were supposed to be competitive. It's just a year we were supposed to develop. And when your first pick is hurt for it looks like pretty much this whole season, it hinders his development. So that sucks. I mean, we have the worst record in basketball right now. We're four and thirteen. We did just blow out the Seventy Sixers today for some reason. Um, <laughs> really? Who, who were twelve and six or are now twelve and six? Yeah, we beat them by 15, so that was weird. But, no, we're. I mean, the Pistons are not a good team. It is frustrating because I w- was excited after all the moves Troy Weaver made. I was just excited to watch basketball. Um, and this is still probably the right direction for them because, realistically, the best thing they can do is get a lottery pick. and Cade. Yep, get Cade, honestly, <laughs> or try to yep. add – a star you know like Killian Hayes I like what he's going to be for the team but he's not going to be the kind of star where he goes out and scores 30 points a game you know like yeah. yep. they need to get another scorer a young star for the future so this is honestly like the Pistons have played several really close games um, and been fairly competitive for as bad as their record is so I mean the rebuild is progressing as planned um doesn't make it easy to watch as a fan but i have no complaints i guess <laughs> yeah um next to our college teams uh for yep. me notre dame football is officially on probation next season mm-hmm. uh they will have a season but they will not be in play for any was it any bowl games at all i don't think yeah no postseason um, i think so they will have their 12 games and that'll be it um out due to a recruiting violation um did you hear about this at all? What happened? I just heard recruiting violation. It was something with like he thought he was eligible and he wasn't, and he like called somebody he wasn't supposed to or something, right? Okay. I heard a little bit. I didn't read the whole. I didn't read that much into it. it was the, I'm gathering this from a Notre Dame podcast I listened to. Okay. But the guy was saying that basically he took a picture at the cafeteria with a recruit that had asked him to take it like the basically the How recruit said he yeah the recruit said hey can i have a photo op basically and yeah. brian kelly apparently according to the source was hesitant to do so but eventually was like just yeah, took a okay. selfie with this kid basically <laughs> okay and it's so huh. stupid like yeah like when there's like consider the lsu stuff with like obj handing out stacks cash of cash on the field yeah <laughs> <laughs> or like the walmart bags full of money at yeah uh, yeah like yeah. there's oh. legit scum scummy stuff happening pretty much just in the sec if we're being honest but well, yeah like tennessee had that whole thing lately about how yeah. they were filling mcdonald's bags right. with cash <laughs> and handing those out to players get the number six meal with a side of hundred dollar bills please Oh, I yeah. wish, right? Right. <laughs> the best part about that, by the way, is that Tennessee hasn't even been good lately. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was really like $14. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> Don't spend but, it all in one place. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you have LSU with some really kind of sketchy stuff there. I think, I don't recall, but I'm pretty sure there was some other sketchy stuff leading into that season. Um, yeah, old Miss a few years ago was on probation for serious violations. Yeah, and basically those, the whole SEC, honestly. 
and, and again, a lot of those things are way more justifiable than this. And the Notre Dame, the host of this podcast, he's, his biggest point was just that what sucks about this is because uh, my understanding as a newer Notre Dame fan still is a lot of people view Notre Dame as kind of like the, the Yankees where there's a lot of people across the country that like Notre Dame Mm -hmm. a lot, but there's a lot of people that hate them. Like if you don't like Notre Dame, you basically hate them. And yeah, so they were basically, he was saying all this does is it causes more people. Cause you know, no one's going to read the story. They're just okay. going to see Notre Dame recruiting. Yeah. And you're going to be like, Oh, look at this scummy program. I thought they're supposed to be Catholics and these upstanding <laughs> citizens and all this stuff. Look at them. They're cheating right. their way. Um, like, you know, and so it just tarnishes their reputation for something that's so stupid mm-hmm. um, that I don't yeah like and again when you look at other situations in like college basketball where you have coaches or schools like paying for somebody's house like right. we're gonna buy you a house so you move here so you attend our school like just just don't take a picture of me with me outside of it <laughs> right. right exactly <laughs> right so it's a lot uh, it's just double standard with ncaa and as a fan a former fan of a college football team who currently is not a fan of a college football team um <laughs> i have the college football rules and just the sport in general things that i used to overlook or kind of just tolerate have become more and more hard to swallow the there's no parody there's really only like two or three teams every year who have a chance. Um, bizarre recruiting rules. Athletes not being paid. It's it just, it's such a strange sport compared to oh. obviously professional sports where there, the, there's a lot more, uh, things are a lot more standardized. College football is just its own unique thing. There um, was another one I heard of once. I don't know what team it was or what year it was. It was recently, but there was a player on a team who basically asked they were in the national championship game he asked his school basically for help in flying his parents across country to be at the national championship was this game an alabama player or no this was i think it was an ohio was this chase young i think it was chase it was young. chase young. Yeah. 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 yeah 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 and so chase young like yeah so right it, it's it's funny because it's like objectively that's just like doing a good deed. And he was but, suspended for, I think, two games for that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because yeah. he asked for help. <laughs> just it's, so stupid. It, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So huh. Michigan. What do you got about Michigan? So there's been some COVID cases at the University of Michigan in some of the athletic programs. I don't. I think it's like... Don't tell the governor. Track or something. Well, what happened is the governor found out. And there's a rule in place. I don't know if it's like a statewide rule or just an extra step that Michigan's taken. But the basketball team itself has no positive cases. But because of a COVID outbreak with like a new strand or new version, mutation, something of COVID in the university, even though the basketball players, which I'm going to try to not get too political here, but even though they're tested every day and have not tested positive, the basketball team will be pausing all team activities for 14 days, which means That's no a practices. Lot of basketball games. Yeah. yeah, and missing like four games. 
including the Michigan State game coming up, which is a huge rivalry game, some more ranked matchups. I don't know what this is going to mean for a team that's cruising at this point and one of the best teams in the country. They're ranked fourth right now and a year that it seems like they have a really good shot to win the Big Ten, which for college basketball, winning your conference is huge. Like you hang banners for that. Um, and now and you're know. going into like a super tough stretch on the schedule and yeah. now you have to have this awful break exactly so i don't know then now if our ability to win the conference is just based on winning percentage and maybe we still can or if like iowa who we're a game ahead of doesn't have to miss games and they've played four more games than we do like are we able to win the division still I, it's it's very strange um I mean, obviously, you don't want to second-guess anything for safety. Like, I get that COVID is real and it's a big deal, but I think everybody is becoming tired of it. And when nobody on the team has tested positive, it's very frustrating and it's hard to not feel for the players. Uh, They've started actually a petition. The basketball players and some track athletes and players have started petitions saying, like, let them play, all that kind of stuff, you know, and it's... Hmm. It's a tough situation for them, and uh, it's as a fan, it sucks because they're like the only good team I have right now that I support, yeah. and so missing those games is going to, yeah, whether it hurts us afterwards or not, it's, uh, it's hard to not be able to watch those games I was looking forward to, so uh, no update aside from that. I, we won't have any reason to talk Michigan basketball here for a couple weeks, uh, and yeah, I'll let you know once they're back. And worst of all, we won't have them to pick in the scorecast. I know. They've been, like, automatic as far as our predictions. (laughs) So, Um, tough news. Well, uh, to kind of transition to our last topic. Detroit sucks. I'm glad you said it. So, I said it before you had a chance. I know. Yeah, so the Hawks and Wings did like their two game mini series, which uh, has been real, pretty standard scheduling at this point. But and real quick note, I actually, yep. so not always do they do the whole two game series in the NHL. I think it's because of COVID they're doing the these two Limit game series and all that. Yeah, I was telling my brother in law, it's a lot more like baseball. Like I they'll like travel it. to a location and play. I, I like it too. Yeah, I would love it if hockey switched to that where you play. Yep two maybe even three games i'd be okay with that and then you can play more back-to-backs and not have to have as many breaks in between games even and as a fan as a fan it's nice because like for me with the cubs like obviously i really get up for cubs cardinals games right but okay if the game if the game goes wrong if the series is friday saturday sunday for the cubs cardinals let's say i'm really busy on saturday or I'm out of town on Saturday, Sunday. Well, at least I can watch the Friday game. Exactly. With Hawks Wings, if it's just a one-off game and mm-hmm. I miss it, well, now I've missed like the biggest rivalry the Hawks yep. have. Well, now by having multiple games in a row, it's like, okay, if I miss a game, and this is this would apply for whenever they can bring fans back too. If you miss a game, exactly, you can More go chances in person. to go see the team. Yep exactly so i like it It, for all the same reasons you said what would be perfect moving forward if we could keep the two games but even more important than that if we can keep the alignment like as much as i like the alignment too i i do too and as much as it sucked to see the red wings lose both of these games like (laughs) the the league is just better when the wings and the hawks are a rivalry like we've been saying that ever since it was realigned Um, everyone's been saying that yeah so it 
it sucked in hindsight that these games happened, but it was still cool that these games happened. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, and like, I feel like Canadians are probably super proud for some reason that all of the Canadian teams are in one yeah. division. Um, the worst division, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but real quick on the Hawks. Yeah. They came into this series. I was very confident that the Wings were going to at least split, if not win both. Because uh, so I. <laughs> what? Uh, so was I. I, was, I yeah. Because <laughs> the Wings had been playing better hockey. It they seemed. were two and two, I think, going into the series. Yeah, and the Hawks were one. No, the Hawks oh were and oh three and one. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. three and one. Yep. Um, and so you're just like, man, this is going to be rough. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Lankinen comes in and. It's his second start. His previous start, he gave up like five goals or something. And you're like, oh boy, here we go. And he has a shutout for almost the whole game until like the last 10 minutes like or whatever. 30 something saves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he follows that up with another game where he gives up two goals, I think it was. Right? Um, mm, was it 5 2? I thought it was 6 2. I can't remember. Yeah. I think he gave up two, though. Yeah. But so, look. The Red Wings aren't aren't a good team, no. okay, but limiting team to one or two goals is still pretty good in hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, especially and they are improved over last year. Like they're still going to be one of the worst teams in hockey, but they're better than the very bottom of the league by a lot team that they were last year. So, and the Hawks have been going through this rotation where they have Malcolm Subban, PK's brother, yeah, and they have Colin Delia. And Kevin Lincoln and as their three goalies, and they're kind of like just rotating through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you found something with Lincoln. In. Who yep. knows? Like the good news is you have the whole rest of the season to kind of find out. Um, so I'm excited about that. The other fun news for Hawks fans is we're always looking since this year Kirby Doc is out for the season. Taves is out indefinitely. Adam mm-hmm. Boquist is not showing as much promise as maybe we hoped. Um, you're trying to look at what young guys can I invest in. Obviously, there's Dominic Kubalik. Ian Mitchell's look decent. But Pius Suter, I think is how you say his name, mm-hmm. in his sixth NHL game ever has a hat trick yeah. against the the Wings. And, again, the Wings are not a good team. But, again, a hat trick is Still a hat trick. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so maybe this person who I know nothing about, maybe he'll <laughs> maybe he's something, you know? Yeah. Um, so at this, it's one of those seasons you're just looking for anything that you can mm-hmm. look for as a fan and as for and as a Hawks fan other than Patrick Kane because obviously there's always Patrick Kane. Right. Um, That's what's funny about the two teams is like both teams are kind of rebuilding in ways like the pist or the Pistons, the Pistons of hockey basically, but <laughs> the Red Wings have been kind of they're a little deeper into a true rebuild as far as like not having any stars on the team kind of (laughs) rebuild like all young guys um the hawks are basically a rebuilding team that also still has some very real vets which really at this point is just as far as who's playing kane (laughs) but um keith keith are playing yeah yeah you're right um but like yeah i'd say at this point the wings might have the advantage long term that they seem like they're a little further into a true rebuild than the Hawks are. But this year, the Hawks are definitely a better team with yeah. more stars than the Red Wings are. Um, I think, the, I think the Hawks have maybe a 
I would say may not counting this season because this season is okay. clearly developmental. The Hawks have maybe two years left in a window with your vets. Maybe. Okay. Um, kind of the young guys are hitting their stride a little. The vets still can offer good minutes, and it all maybe comes together for a year or two. Maybe, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I don't really I see, see it happening. I mean, it's a possibility. I don't it, know if yeah, I possibility. It, but yeah, what I'd say. So it's a good point. But yeah, so it. To be honest, I, the Hawks were not. I tried to tune into a few of their games, and it was brutal to watch. And watching the Red Wings games were much more satisfying. <laughs> I wish I could say the same. <laughs> um, it's it's so tough. Like it's tough to watch a bad team in any sport, obviously. But I think I tweeted during the games like you forget how hard it is to watch a bad hockey team the, yeah. until you because like the puck is in your own zone the whole time. Your team finally gets the puck, only to dump it into the end. It's icy and like I know. Watch, Watching a bad hockey team is one of the most infuriating things you can do. Or you finally you finally get a goal and then it's called off due to offsides or something. Like. Yeah, it's just like it feels like you can't get a break. Or like watching the Red Wings, I, I think the – I forget what game this was. I think it was the season opener where it's like the whole game you had like 13 shots. It's just like yeah. – uh, it's just like I'd literally rather be doing anything else right now than watching this game. It, my my biggest concern about the Hawks, though, is kind of what you were saying, though, that they might be more mediocre this season, which mm-hmm. when sports, often you either want to be great or ba- really bad. The ballot um, is mediocre. Yeah. And the reason <laughs> I say they might be mediocre is because the going 0-3-1 was against good teams, including the Lightning and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And now you come and, yeah, you pretty much really beat up the red wings Mm -hmm. and so what does that mean what's that even out to you know (laughs) yeah so you're better than the bad teams but you're not good enough to beat the good teams like yeah that's not great so yeah i got you but yeah so anyway that's our hockey talk we don't get to talk hockey very much i know (laughs) it's kind of refreshing for a little bit again until we play again we'll kind of do an update but yeah yeah it is yeah if anything big happens, like more hat tricks or goalie shutouts or anything mm-hmm. like that, we'll Well, especially we'll as football up. ends, because obviously that dominated this podcast. But as we have less football to talk about, we'll turn to hockey a little more even. so Yeah, and when do the Bulls and Pistons play? They've got to be coming up soon. They haven't yet all season, have they? No. Huh. I will say, here's something I will say that I think is funny. I was texting you... Um, on Friday night before the Hawks Red Wings game, mm-hmm. and I said, "Here's my take." And I said, "I said Red Wings equals Bulls, yeah. and Blackhawks equals Pistons in terms of where I feel like the teams are." And then after this game, it was like, "Well, maybe the maybe the Hawks equals Bulls, and the Wings equals Pistons." Great. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm looking at their schedule all the way up through February 23rd, and I don't see the Bulls on the schedule. That sucks. So I I have no idea. I just want to know when we're going to get those automatic wins. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pro- not kidding. <laughs> I mean, Speaking of they, the, beat, yeah, they beat I mean, the Sixers. So. The one thing I'll say with the Bulls, too, is Zach Levine has been playing really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he's setting himself up really nicely for the Bulls to get a load for him when they trade him. 
Yeah, which honestly <laughs> is fine. Like, if, yeah, better than trading him and not getting a lot alone, you know, which it looked like going to the season would happen. So, yep. no, that's good. All right. Well, man, awesome. that was a lot of topics, but good stuff. Yeah, a lot of really good stuff. Um, we're almost at two hours. No segments today because it's so long. Let's finish up oh, with a couple yeah. silver linings and close it, close it out. So my silver lining is that the Packers lost. Um, yes. Look, like my dad was giving me a hard time because I kept uh, texting my family about, about stuff about it. And he was like, wow, you really got excited about the Packers losing. And I was like, dad... At this point, the Packers losing is just as good as the Bears win in my book. Yep. So, which as pathetic as it. that sounds, like that's reality. Same with Ohio State fans can rightly, back when I used to be a Michigan fan, judge me for saying like I get just as happy when Ohio State loses when Michigan wins. Yeah, that is pathetic as a former Michigan fan back when I did that. But <laughs> like as a former Michigan fan, when that was my reality, like it is what it is like you yeah. can make fun of me for that and uh you have a good point but it's you know so being self-aware enough as back when i used to be a michigan fan to know my situation that's how it is and so as lions and bears fans currently <laughs> um yeah that's how it is with the packers and i love i love how packers fans will point out like how pathetic it is like you were saying right and it's just like yeah. Look, I know it's pathetic, but I still enjoyed it. Like, yeah. <laughs> still lost though, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it too, and that's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does, does your accusing me of being pathetic make the loss hurt less? <laughs> <laughs> Cry more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh! You know what we didn't even talk about? What's that? Was the the penalty at the end of the game? <laughs> oh yeah. And I okay, we have yeah, to talk yeah. about this real quick. Yeah, let's yeah. Okay. What okay. <laughs> I understand they hadn't really been calling like they were like right. kind of inconsistent throughout the game about like the, you know the whole let them play kind of philosophy. And I'll admit that the officiating was inconsistent. <clears throat> yeah, I'll get But that play and i was actually listening to the radio call of the game i was driving when that happened (laughs) (laughs) i had to pull up my antenna especially high and i had to angle it towards the window in my kitchen (laughs) right um while i sat down with my liverwurst sandwich and (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but the radio call so it was kurt warner and kevin harlan Oh yeah, and Kurt Warner was actually very helpful. I heard that the TV that Aikman and Buck, or no, yeah, Aikman and Buck did not talked about it more of as wow, that was a bad call. Warner, his main point was wow, like yeah, it seems weird that they would throw it with the way they called this game, but he pulled the undershirt from his jersey yeah. like two feet away from his body and he a said white undershirt as he's going across the middle of the field it, it, it's it was by far the easiest call to see yeah and that was his point he was like yeah. whether you're you know whether that really did impede him from getting to the ball or not which it um did. whether it did or not the fact of the matter is that like yeah. when you're considering game speed and everything that's something that the refs are going to blatantly be able to see. Yeah. Um, 
So in any case, and really what frustrates me too is Packers fans are getting mad at the refs. Why aren't you getting mad at your own player that did that? Like, that's what I would be mad at. Like, yep. yeah. And then of course we didn't. Um, that doesn't even include the fact that Packers fans are like, "Oh, Brady gets all the calls." Ironic. Like, look up self awareness in the dictionary. <laughs> And you will not see a picture of a Packers fan. It, as a Lions fan, I have no sympathy for a Packers fan who wants to complain about officiating. Yeah. None at all. Like, here, let me get out the world's tiniest violin and play you a little song. I feel so bad for you. Yeah, you got screwed over in one game, which I wouldn't even say you got screwed over. Yes, like you probably got the worst end of a lot of those calls. But it is way easier to see somebody, like you said, pulling basically ripping someone's undershirt off like as they're running across the middle of the field when they're like the only court the only receiver downfield and all the officials are looking at him and he's like the ball is floating in the air for a very long time like it was very easy to see it's way easier to see that than somebody like turning your shoulder pads you know and yeah it would have been better if brady's pass was more on target Mm. but the ball wasn't so far away that it wasn't totally un like without the realm of possibility of it being catchable if he wasn't being held, right? And remember, uh, he was being held. For, the reason I said yes, he it did impede him is because he was being held for like three or four strides. And it's easy to forget how fast physics. NFL players are, but you can cover a lot of ground if you're not being held. You know, like he, it's not crazy to say he would have been an additional three or four yards down the field at least you know yeah so. yeah no i i totally agree with that and and yeah it, it's so they're complaining about like it i hate it because packers fans whenever lions fans or bears fans complain yep. about calls packers fans fans responses are well no you see it, you're just you feel that way because you lost <laughs> Yeah, good teams Welcome. overcome bad calls. You know, yeah. don't don't put yourself in the situation for refs to decide the game. And it sucks, mm-hmm. but there's a point to that. Now you have to take it. Yeah, like, exactly. Don't put yourself in a position to let the refs decide the game. Like, Rodgers, you think Rodgers is one of the best ever? Like, if Brady throws three picks and Rodgers can't come back to win that game... How are you going to blame the officials for that? If Rodgers is one of the best ever, the Packers score a touchdown at four, at first and goal from the eight. Yeah. But instead yep. they kicked a field goal. And you can say that was the wrong call by Matt LaFleur, but there's clearly, I don't know. It's inter- It was an interesting call. And <laughs> yeah. it, it's people are speculating today that it has ruptured his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, which I don't know if I'd go that far to say. I mean, Rodgers does it, have a history of ruptured relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's not outside the realm of possibility. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So what uh, is your silver lining? <laughs> just about the Lions, which I talked a ton about. But I'll just say again, I am excited because the Lions are poised for a real rebuild for the first time in decades. 
Um, we've done the whole retooling. We've done the whole, we'll keep the same quarterback, but get a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator. And then now we'll try to yeah swap some pieces around here, like retooling some things. But this is a real rebuild. New GM, entirely new staff, and a new quarterback all in the same year. Quinn and Patricia left behind a terrible situation, but the steps taken in this past week are encouraging. And obviously, there's, like we said, a good chance this isn't going to work. It's the Lions, historically bad franchise. You're taking a gamble with a new quarterback. Like, the odds, if I had to pick Vegas odds, basically, will the Lions be a contender in five years or not? I'd say no is the safer bet. But you're taking a chance. And if it does work, it's also going to take several years. But sweeping changes like this are how you finally have a shot. Uh, however slim to finally change your culture there's a light at the end of the tunnel for the first time in a long time that might just be an oncoming train but we actually have some hope and i'm actually for once excited to find out um it seems like we actually have a direction and possibly a chance for a future so that's my silver lining With that, that is what we're frustrated about today. A lot of topics, mainly this whole goat. I'm not even going to call it a debate anymore. <laughs> it's the goat discussion. It is not a debate. <laughs> um, what about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FM Podcast on social media, as well as at Michigan Haddon at FuriousGeorge94. Email us, frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. And if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday everywhere you can get podcasts and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Even $1.00 which is the same amount of NFC championships that Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Rex Grossman, Colin Kaepernick, Matt Hasselbeck, and Tom Brady have all won. All goats. Makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. FTP. That's right. By the way, didn't the uh, was it Jeff Garcia who was the quarterback of the Bucks the last time they were in the Super Bowl? Jeez, doesn't that sound right? I mean, probably <laughs> he did go to one, I believe. So he also won an NFC championship. NFL legend Jeff Garcia. <laughs> Let's look it up. Let's see, Jeff. Jeff Jeffrey Goldblum. Garcia. Jeffrey Jeff Goldblum's Epstein. just as good a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> just as accomplished. Uh, yep. No. No, never mind. Who was Wait. it? Wait. I don't know yet. Come on. Why did, why did I think it was Jeff Garcia? Tampa and the Raiders starting lineups. Brad Johnson. So, whitest name of all time. <laughs> so, 
So Rodgers Rodgers not only has the same amount of the NFC championships as Brady, he has the same amount as Rex Grossman, Colin Kaepernick, Matt Hasselbeck, and Brad Johnson. At this point, I think it's safe to argue that Brad Johnson and Tom Brady are the better NFC duo than Favre and Rodgers. <laughs> dynamic well Favre Favre only won two nfc championships yeah i mean there's an argument to be made yeah so but i will admit Favre and rogers that's a really dynamic commercial combo like as far as commercials and advertising it's tough to beat that duo that very that very talented yeah in the regular jeans it's just so so talented the acting talent is unreal. He does things in front of a camera that Brady can only dream of. Like porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only fans. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Only packs. <laughs>